started this morning with the subject of today. This is the second part of the series, For the Love of God. And last week, the panel that were uh, seated here with me, it was, it was incredible. It was an amazing time. The feedback uh, was amazing. The discussion was incredible. And today is not going to be any different in that it's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. In each of these that are seated with me on this panel, dig in the socks, Sam. Each of these <laughs> seated here with me today on this panel, um, each of them have their own story. They don't know what questions that I'm going to ask them. Um, they have not been prepped or primed. The very best that I gave them was a single question that we will start with that I'm going to let each of them answer in their own way. If they want to, they don't all have to but let each of them answer in their own way. But today's subject regarding the series For the Love of God is yes, your honor. So it is obvious by that we will be talking about honor. So before I introduce the panel, let me just say this. Honor is measured differently for every single person. If you ask ten people what honor is, if you ask them what it is to honor, you ask them how they believe that they are honored, you will get 10 different responses. Today, we're not going to answer probably all of your questions. But my hope and my prayer is that by the time we conclude this today, you will understand what honor means to God and that you will be able to reflect on what honor means to you and at the end, hopefully put those together and they look exactly alike. That's right. That is our heart and that is our goal. So let's begin first by uh, introducing you to the panel that is with us today. And I'll begin on my left. And here on my left, uh, this sharp-dressed man, there's a song that goes along that it, it, from the days before I knew God, uh, little ZZ Top. Um, so here's sharp-dressed man Sam Schof. Good to have you with us today. And then to my left as well is Vanessa Perez. It's so good to have her with us today. To my right, your left, is Tamara Phillips. And then seated beside her is Cody Hebner. All the photographs, the pictures, the videos that you might see on the website and we're here and there, um, almost all of them can be attributed to Hebner Media. If you like them, it's his fault. If you don't, it's his fault. <laughs> So don't send me emails if your image, if he, got, if he caught the wrong side of you, try this side. If he caught the wrong side, it's his fault. So let him know about it. But it's good to have them today, and it's good, for, uh, it's good to be able to discuss a subject that sometimes can be very controversial. Um, and you'll understand why I'm saying that when we get into it in just a moment. It's safe to say, I believe, that no one understood honor better than Jesus Christ. I believe it, I, I'm certain that it is safe to say, at least among this crowd, that no one understood honor more than the Son of God and what it meant to honor. So I want to begin by reading Hebrews chapter 13, verse 18 in the English Standard Version. It reads like this. It says, pray for us. Now keep in mind before I read this, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. We assume Luke did. 
What we do know, or mostly accept, is that most of what the writer of Hebrews is addressing uh, is sermons, messages, statements made by the Apostle Paul. Um, we do know that Paul did not write it. Um, we do know that much of what is said is a reflection of Paul's writings or statements. Um, so it doesn't matter who wrote Hebrews. What matters is the subject of it. So I want to, again, I want to read Hebrews 13, verse 18 says this. says, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. Let me read it again. It says, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. Not the things that I find easy to honor with, but I desire to act. Pray for me so I can act honorably in all things. So I'm going to start with this question. I'm going to open it up to all of you and um, give you opportunity, whoever wants to, all or none. It's up to you. But I'm going to open it up with this general question. Uh, define for me, tell us, tell those watching today uh, how you would define honor. Who wants to I'll go start. first? Um, I define honor as living, right? Uh, honor to me is something that is a consideration multiple times. It's not just most of the time if I pick something up or I look at a situation that may have been honorable for that season, if I never review that again, now I'm honoring something that is dishonoring to me. So there's a consideration in the moment. Every single step, it says in all things, all things is not once and then you're done. It's a continuous honoring, and it's a continuous consideration. And that's what honoring is to me. Is It's not something that is stagnant or in concrete. It is something that is fluid, that is something that has to be considered every day I breathe, every day I open my eyes, every day that I discern with Holy Spirit. That's what I see honoring. That's good. Anybody else? Yeah, I'll say um, for me personally, honor has become worship. Um, it's become something that that's ingrained in every single thing that I do um, to consider, you know, the, even the least ones to be honored, even the least things to be honored. Um, and I just believe that comes from relationship with the Father because if you know Him, right. you can see Him yes. in everything. Right. And so when you see Him, He's worthy of honor. Yes. And, I, and even the little things are worthy of honor. So I think it's worship for me. That's good. Any of y'all, you want to say anything? Well, for me, I think honor goes along with respect. It's similar, but it's different. Um, with respect, I feel like it's more physical, whereas when you see the person that you respect, you show them respect when you talk to them. And then if you have deep respect, even when you're apart from them, to other people, you don't talk bad about them. You, you show them respect even when they're not there. But in your heart, you may not like that person at all, you know? Um, so with honor, that's where that comes in. It's a change of heart for me, where you you choose in your heart to listen to them, um, respect what they say. If they're a leader in your life, you, you choose to follow their leadership. You submit to them in some sort of way, and you serve them. So it's really a change of heart with honor, whereas respect is just kind of put on a front of respect. So that's, that's what good. it is to me. That's good. You know, that it makes me think of, you know, when we went through the journey, and I'll just 
spend this, sit here for just a second on this, but um, when we went through the journey of getting rid of the titles in the church, um, a lot of people, I think, this, and I think this really speaks to what you're saying, Sam, because a lot of people struggled with that more than you would think, struggled. When, when I said, I don't want to be pastor. I don't want to be teacher. I don't want to be evangelist. I don't want to be apostle. I don't want to be whatever the titles are because I happen to lead this ministry. I don't want to be. I want to be Steve. Um, I like Steve, and I want to be Steve. Well, people had a problem. Not some had a, a, quite a few. And most of those who had the biggest problem were those who were currently in ministry and, and have their pastors of churches, of other churches, somewhere else. They're the ones that had the biggest problem, still do actually some, had the biggest problem with it because they were their concern was, uh, in reference to your question, um, their concern was, where's the respect? If people come to you and they call you Steve, uh, there's, there's no respect demonstrated there. And um, so the difference here is, is, and I would say to them, as time passed, I've, I've said over and over to them, I'm more honored today being Steve than I ever was being pastor or apostle or evangelist or teacher. My relationship with the people is deeper today out through honor than it ever was through respect. And um, and so that's a really uh, great great example. And uh, thank you for uh, each of you for sharing that. Vanessa, I don't know, did you have something you wanted to add to that? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> sure. Not to put you on the spot, but you're on the spot. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I think honor is everything you do every day. Like, I want to show Yahweh in everything I do, whether I'm at work picking up trash on the floor, I honor the building picking up the trash on the floor. That's good, yeah. good. Honor in everything I do. That's yes. good, good. So, let me give you the definition of honor in the dictionary, and it'll kind of clarify a little bit of this, but there's a part of it, part two of the definition, that I think is really, that stands out the most. And, and as we look at this, it's going to make more sense uh, when I read uh, out of 1 Samuel shortly, not yet. But these are the two definitions. One is, to, honor is to fulfill an agreement. In other words, in this way, an example, God honored his promise to raise Christ from the dead. He honored that promise. He fulfilled the agreement. Son, if you will be obedient to me and go to the cross, I will raise you up on the third day and you will be the redeemer for all mankind. You will be my second Adam that will allow men, uh, humans, humans, to come back into proper relationship with me. So it's to one, to fulfill an agreement. Then this second part I think it's really, really profound when you think about it. It says to show esteem to someone. That's pretty simple. Yeah. Just to show esteem. Just to say, hey, look, I recognize your qualities. Yeah. To show esteem to someone. So referring back to Mary, this question is for you. Referring back to Hebrews 13, 18. Let me read it again so that you're reminded of it. Then you guys can put it on that screen back there so that she can see it as well. Referring back to Hebrews 13, 18 says, Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. <clears throat> Regarding Hebrews 13, 18, why is acting honorably important enough for the writer of Hebrews to request prayer 
to do so. Wow. You know, that's interesting because as, I, you know, as I'm looking at that scripture, it all comes to the heart. And I think the intent and the, what's going on in the heart is revealed through honor. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so important, you know, that they thought that we need to pray for this. We need to bring this, you know, into a place that a focus because it's so important. If our heart is not in the right place, we cannot be honorable. That's right. We cannot right. show honor. That's exactly right. Um, we can't even receive honor, to be honest. Right. Um, and I think the heart is what's revealed in that, and that's why the focus there, it makes it so important. Yeah, that's so good. Important. That's really good. That's a, Because each of you, I think, in your own way, address this. If we need prayer to honor so that our heart is right, because sometimes, yeah, I think, I don't know, I think Sam might have said it, or Cody, or maybe, I don't know who said it. But sometimes it's just not easy to honor. Yeah. Right. It's just a choice. Yeah. And so pray for me that I will choose well. Yes. yes. <laughs> because right now, yes. just pray for me that I will choose well to honor yes. that one or those, whoever they are. So let's talk about God. What, if anything, does honor have to do with loving God, Sam? What, if anything, does honor have to do with loving God? Hmm. These questions are raw, by the way. They don't know what I'm asking them. So I told them, take a moment to consider it. I think, I think it has to do with, so God is the Father, right? Like, um, and, and it's taught that we're supposed to honor our father and mother growing up. And I think that that's really almost training us as we grow up by honoring our father and mother, that we're to honor him in the same way because he does love and care for us and wants the best for us. So when, a, when your parents tell you something like, you need to do this and this, and you don't want to, but you honor your parents and you do it, they have your best interest in mind, hopefully. Yes. Yes. Um, but with... With God, He always has your best interest in mind. It's not like usually, it's always. No question. So, even when it's hard and you don't want to follow the way He's trying to show you, I think that's really the path that should be the one that you take and you should honor that because in the end, He's bringing you to the best place possible. So I think that's where it really... That's good. That's good. I'm going to read a verse... Uh, uh, in, in, in honor of you out of 1 Samuel here in just a moment. But um, there is, when you think about honoring your parents, again, when I think about that, I think when growing up, um, our parents, if we were to define it the way that we understand it when we're a child, we might not all, because children don't necessarily understand honor. They don't really know what that is. They don't even understand what respect is. Sometimes the best we can do is just understand they're my parents and I expect them to put food on the table tonight give me a bed to sleep in and that's sometimes that might be where it's at but on a on the worst day and we all know people that are like this that have a horrible relationship with their parents and yet if someone were to speak evil or negative about those parents that that person doesn't even have good relationship with that person will come back to them that's my mom and dad yeah that's right right and i'm you know what i might tell the truth about them, but not you. <laughs> I'm going to honor my parents because I'm going to come to them. That's, that's a good answer. So let me read in 1 Samuel 2.30. 2.30 
two, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 30, again, English Standard Version, all scriptures will be drawn out of that today. It says, Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares, I promised... This is a... Think about this statement that's about to be made. Is it on the screen behind me? Yes. All right, as I read this, think about this statement that, that's about to be made. He says, Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel, declares this. He says... Everybody say, God said. God, God said. I promised that your house and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. My word was that they will, they should, they should, they should go in and out before me forever. But now, this is what I had promised, but now the Lord says, or the Lord declares, far be it from me for those, far be it from me to do that, to say that you will go in and out before me forever. Far be it from me. And here's why. I've had a change of mind. For those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me, here comes that word again, for those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Far be it from me, he says, that you will go in and out from before me forever. Why would he say that? Because somewhere in there, there was a lapse of honor. They're going in and out. Think about asking you this question, but I won't. I won't put it <laughs> They're going in and out was a going in and out with no honor. It was taking for granted what the Father had provided for them. And when we begin to take for granted a relationship, honor gets lost. And we begin to expect, well, this is what you are supposed to do. And the Father said, Far be it from me that you will go in and out me out before me forever now. For those who honor me, I'm going to honor. Those who don't will be lightly esteemed. I won't forget that you are there. Yeah. I'm not going to stop loving you. But you will not receive the kind of reward that those who appreciate what you've expected get. So, Vanessa, here's the question. Here's a question. Does it seem to you that in 1 Samuel, the scripture we just read, that God shows favoritism to those who honor Him over those who don't? And why or why not? Yes. <laughs> For sure. And why? <laughs> because they made the right choice and they honored Him in their goings and comings. And the others did not. They did not. So if, if we honor Him, what are some ways that we dishonor Him in our going and our coming? What would ever, what could we ever possibly do that would make the Father say to us what He is saying to them when He says to them, at one time I honored you and you could go in and out from me forever, but today I barely even know you. By what could the, do that? The choices you make, the things you're doing, the people you're hanging around. The things you entertain, the things you let into your gates, 
There are so many things. Ooh, so let's yeah. talk about what okay. we let into our gate. <laughs> yes. yes. What might some of those things be? Yes. Um, <laughs> listening to music that curses all the time, just talking about stuff that you shouldn't be listening to, just trash. So would it be safe to say that it's not this, to be socially acceptable? Yeah is not necessarily godly acceptable. Correct. And we should not try to fit what is socially acceptable yeah. into our honoring of what is godly acceptable. Yeah. Would that be safe to say? That's exactly what you were saying. So, let's talk about us, people. Cody, how can we or how do we honor God? And give a practical example. A practical example is even when no one's looking, showing up to work on time, right? Amen. Honoring God is essentially we are um, representation of Christ in earth, so we have to look a different way. So if you show up later than everyone that doesn't claim to be a son of God, that's a pretty big deal because now, now – you are painting a picture for everyone else that says, oh, uh, they're believers, they're Christian, whatever, insert whatever uh, medium you want there. You're, you're painting a picture that it's not honorable enough. For, you're, you don't walk with honor there because now you aren't honoring time for your employment, whether it's uh, for your employ, employer, whether it's for yourself, whether it's coming to church, showing up late, whether you see something in the parking lot, whether you see someone that needs help. And you turn away because it's inconvenient. That's not honoring to God. And that's how I see moving in and out as well. Is it's, a, it's a little different because when I see something and it's just a little bit inconvenient because I want some coffee or whatever, that's, that's dishonoring because now that may have been just for me that I was a little too caught up in myself and I didn't want to stop because it would have put me you know, a little bit out of the way. So for me, practically honoring is, is being present in the moment. It's wow. like, okay, it's not just getting in your routine like you said, because when you get into a routine, you look at the, the Pharisees, right? They got into a routine, they were honoring something, and then it became dishonoring real right, quick right. when they killed Christ. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. But that's pretty dishonoring. It yeah. is, yeah. right? But in their minds, they were honoring the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It was something they didn't know, and they never took the, the, their perspective out of the box they created, and they killed Christ. So I think when you take the box out of your perspective, you're able to see what Christ is in earth, and you're able to honor that in every situation. And that's, that's being honorable in everything. Yeah. That's good. You know, you think about it, and when we, the more selfish we become, the less that we have the ability to actually honor Him. Right. The more it becomes about me, mm -hmm. the less I can honor Him. Right. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, really... As you said, showing up on time or early, mm -hmm. or as I've, I told, if I'm five minutes early, I've said it, you, everybody who's known me, however long you've known me, you've heard me say it over and over again, if I'm five minutes early, I'm late mm -hmm. in my world. So, now, I know in some people, folks' world, if they're 10 minutes late, they're early. I get that, <laughs> but I don't understand that. Right. You know, it's, it's honoring every place, and if I can honor you, and I can honor each of you and the people that I'm in relationship with, I may not even know them, but if I can honor their moment, their time, their yeah, space, exactly. if I can honor that, give respect to that, even without knowing them, yeah. 
If I can do that, I'm also honoring the Father. But if I make it about me, the more of me, the less of Him. And and we need to be we need to focus on that. Good answer. First Timothy chapter one verse seventeen reads like this: It says, "To the King of Ages, who is immortal and invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen." Let me read again: "To the King of Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen." So, Cody, back to you on that. So it would be safe to say that the Father, for the Father, it is imperative that we find a way, not only how can I honor God, but I'm going to honor God. And honor isn't something, honestly, honor, honestly, it isn't something really that should always be something I have to think about. I mean, if I have to send, if I have to say to my, hey Siri, Remind me to honor God. Oh, oh no. But if I have to say that, that's a funny moment, um, then there's a problem. Now, in the beginning, I may need to be taught to do so. But at some point in that relationship, honoring God becomes my nature. Because the nature of Christ is in me. And it is all about Him to honor. The reason Christ went to the cross, remember we read that last week, that He was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. But why was He obedient unto death? Why did He go to the cross? To honor His Father. And it was the honor of the Father that reconciled, that gave you and I the ability to be reconciled back to to God. That's right. And and I'm thankful that he honored his father enough to be obedient even when it cost him everything that uh, was in him. So Sam, does God honor us and if he honors us, how does he do it? Referring back to again 1 Samuel chapter 2 uh, but how does he honor us? Yeah. Um I think he does honor us and it goes almost to the definition that you said in the beginning of honoring promises or keeping your end of the bargain, I guess. Um and he said, even in the one scripture, uh, those who honor me, I honor, you know, things of that sort. Um, so whenever we, if we honor him in our daily life, whether it's showing up on time to work or helping people in need, things of that nature, whenever we do those things and then we pray, he's going to honor our prayers. And, and not every time if it's not what's best. We all know that. But... If it's going to help us, He's going to give it to us. And that's because we're doing our end. We're honoring Him. So then whenever we need some help, He's going to honor us. And He's going to honor His promises to us. So that's that's how I look at it. And and He's not going to... And He honors us in never leading us the wrong way. He's always going to be there in the right way. It's good. So with that, then let me ask this question to any of you that want to answer it. Feel free. So let me ask, because you brought up a point that I think needs to be understood. Does God honor the person who reads five verses more than He honors the person who reads one? Does God honor the person who prays for two hours more than He honors the person who prays for one? Who has the guts to take that on? Yeah, I just think, I think that uh, it really depends on your heart. Like, are you doing it out of honor? So are you reading one scripture out of honor or are you reading one scripture because I better get my scripture in today? Same with five. Are you reading five scriptures because you have so much honor and you want to just learn more and more? Or are you reading five because 
like Jack said, he's going to read one, so you're like, I'm going to read five. <laughs> like, and yeah. it's the same with praying. If you pray for two hours, are you just putting on a show? Like, I pray for two hours every day. Or are you going about, like, praying just for a minute because you're just trying to honor him and say, I'm busy today, but I just want to take a moment, time out, and talk to you for a second, and then go on. So I think it really doesn't matter time or how much of something you're doing. It's just, are you really honoring him? And... If so, then he's going to honor you back. That's a real. That's a uh, very good answer. Uh, anybody else have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, it's like the intent of your heart. Is yeah. The intent of your heart really to honor him, or it's just, oh, I have to do this today. Very good. Very good. And you think about it. It wasn't until what the fifth century when the Bible was even right. produced, where everybody could get a hold of it. And I'm using the the scripture as, as an example. But um, does that say that no one honored him before it was ever given? Yeah. Right. Exactly. In fact, this would be true. In the island of Fiji, I'm not going to go into all the details and get into that whole story for lack of time, but I can tell you in the island of Fiji, those people were loving God. There was relationship, there were miracles, there were signs, there were wonders in their relationship yeah. with the Father before there was ever a single Bible in print. They didn't even know what a Bible was, yeah. Yeah. Right. and they loved God. It is maybe one of the most Christian nations in all the world, Fiji. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal to think of what uh, goes on in that place in their relationship with the Father. And many of those people still can't afford to even own wow. a Bible. Yet, if you, for lack of a better way to put it, put up their relationship beside the one who, who their life depends on the Bible, I'll take the one who doesn't have it. Yeah. Nine out of ten times. Because their life, they have, they are forced to actually have to talk to God, not just read about God. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And so they're not trying to make their story Paul's story. They're making their story their story. And they're saying, here, I need you to help me. Powerful, powerful. Great, 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 great answers. So Tamara, how can we, relating to us, talking about us, so how can we or how do we then honor others if it's important that we're honoring God by honoring others as Cody mentioned earlier how can we or how do we actually honor others oh that's a great question um I think it first starts with respect because I think you have to you know it's kind of like your children you know our children when they were growing up you know my husband taught them to say yes ma'am no ma'am yes sir no sir that's great I you love know? that <laughs> you know and that was just a form of respect um, and they were taught to do that to other people as well. And I think it's kind of the law side of honor in the sense of you have to learn respect first. Sure. But honor is actually born out of love. Because I think that as you respect, you, you learn how to respect people. You see them. Okay, I'm, I'm acknowledging you. I see you walking down the hall. Hello, how are you? Little things like that. It allows you to see. When you see, you get to know when you get to know somebody, then yeah. you begin to like them. You That's get to good. know their personality. Then you begin to love them. Then you don't have to think about honor right. when you love right. someone. Right. And that's the way our relationship <coughs> with, our with, with our father. So then it becomes reciprocal. You know, as you love someone, you don't have to be told to honor them. You know, even if they do something you don't like or you don't agree with or you don't understand. Because you love them. You know, yeah. Yeah. you can honor them, wow, and you can so you can move out of that place freely, even though it might not feel good. Right. You know, right. it's born right. out of love, and I think that's how you begin to uh, 
relationally between each other, honor. You know, because you can't really just jump into honor, I don't think. Right. No, <laughs> you know? I agree. Like, I, I think agree. they would say, you, they need to be honored. They need to be honored, but that's just respect. Right, you know? you're right. And that's you're okay. Right. But honor is born out of relationship. It's born out of genuine Good. love. So the relationship is really the bridge between simply respecting and then honoring. Yeah. There's a bridge that's called relationship in the middle of that. And, you know, there's a, there's a... Um, an interesting thing too is is you know Paul I love this scripture I've shared it a thousand and one times but where Paul said listen if you don't know what to do imitate me as I imitate Christ yeah. until you know what to do do what I'm doing right yeah. that's right until you do it because it's you and so imitate me as I imitate Christ and sometimes as each of you have addressed when you're walking through this path and you and you want to honor um, yeah. Sometimes it's almost forced in the beginning yeah. because you, you want to. I have to honor the powers that be. Boy, I don't like them, and um, it, or whatever. I think Sam said that earlier. But I have to honor them. I may not like them, but there's there's going to be some. And there's a fine line between respect and honor. But man, I mean, when you don't want to honor, you have to be reminded to do so. But when you begin to love someone. You never, there's never a need to be reminded. Honor just flows from you. I just want to make sure that this person knows how, how incredible they are, how, what they've done. I still think my father passed away in 2013. To this day, there's not many days that go by that I don't honor him, uh, reflecting on the man that he was. And, the man, and I can tell you right now, the man that I am today, if you like me, it's his fault. If you don't like me, it's his fault. The man that I am today, he groomed, he nurtured. Right. And he wasn't even my biological father, but he raised me from the time I breathed my first breath until the day that he left planet Earth and went to be with the Father. And, and I never felt like anything less than a biological son to him because of what he sowed into me. And I honor him. It's not even, I don't even have to think about it. If words come out of my mouth about that man, it's going to be honor, and it's really easy to do that. So in relationship to your question or your answer, Romans 12.10 says this, says love one another with brotherly affection. And then it says this really interesting statement. It says this, outdo one another in showing honor. Oh, you, you can honor them that way. Well, I'm going to honor them more. You can honor, I'm going to honor more. Is that what it means? <laughs> I think in a sense it does, right? Because it, what to me, what I see this is basically saying um, you should not be competing, but you should always... So it's not a competition. Right, it's not a competition. Uh, you're in a competition with yourself. You should always be looking for every single scenario to honor, right? And honor is different in every way. It's not, like I said, it's not static. It's not the same definition for every scenario. But you should always be looking for that placement of honor. And if you're competing with yourself... It's never ending. If you're competing with someone else, it's ending. Because if, if we're competing for honor, at some point someone's going to get tired of it and stop honoring. But if you're competing with yourself, you can always keep going and keep honoring and finding new ways. So when you're looking for honor, you look for the placement and you continue to honor. So I think it's nice that other people are honoring, but if you look at it as a competition, there is an ending or there's not there's an unfulfillment at some point in time. But if you look at it as a, okay, I'm going to do this and keep doing it for myself and keep doing that, then I see it continuing. In, in That's really good. Honor. And, you know, you, you think about it. If, if, if we're honoring others, if we will elevate others, we will honor them. We, we yeah. elevate them. We find ways to 
to honor them and to grow them, God will take care of us. He will also elevate us. He will honor us. Would that be a true statement? Yes. I think so too. So, Vanessa, tell us how we can honor those worthy of honor even if they are not our favorite person. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Vanessa right now is, she's feeling a little bit like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, I get it, but if there's any way this cup can pass from me. <laughs> Um, by doing what's right. So, that's such a good question. It's a good one, isn't it? But you know, I can tell you when I ask you that, you think about it, I, I promise you, everybody that just heard me ask that question is also thinking to themselves. You know, how am I going to, how could I possibly honor somebody that is my least favorite person? But it, you know, I started to answer the question. <laughs> Um, I feel like in certain situations, it's how would I want to be treated, even if I don't like you. There you go. That's right. How would I want someone to respond to me if I was on the other side? There you go. That's a good answer. You think about this. I've been in this situation probably most, maybe all, but for the sake of validity, let's say most, have been in a similar situation. And you've been in a group of people, you've been in a situation, a circumstance, whether it's on the job, around your Thanksgiving table, uh, wherever you might be, but you're in a group of people, and someone in that group ends up being dishonored. Somehow they're just dishonored horribly. You recognize the dishonor, and you see the dishonor, and it bothers you enough that you go out of your way, you might not even know the person, you might, they might not even be your favorite person, but you do something to honor them, to supplant the aggression that was put upon them by someone else who dishonored them. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we, there's a need because I can tell you when we don't, it's, we want to say because we're believers that we just simply love everybody. Well, you know, good for you. <laughs> we, we, we want to. We want to respond to them correctly. We want to have the right approach. But if, if the kingdom of God is anything, it's practical and it's truth. Yeah, yep. And it's not a bunch of fluff. The kingdom of God is practical. I want to love everybody, but the crazy thing about that is I don't even know everybody to love them. But I can do this. I can respect them because God saw fit to breathe right. breath yes. into them. He yes. said into their nostrils so that they could live. So there's a reason they're here even if I disagree with them. So the need to still honor someone that might not even be my favorite person or might not even be a part of my circle of friends or whatever or I might not deem it necessary to honor them, the need to doesn't go away. Just because I like them or because I know them, or because I don't know them. There's still the need to honor them. I think about this example, and I'm going to begin to wrap this up in a second. But I think about this example, and, and I've done a lot of funerals in 30 years of ministry. And um, in that, I remember the very first funeral that I did. I'm 55 years old. 
and I don't know how old I was. Let's see, it was it was after Kaylee was born. My oldest is 27, about to be 20. She's not there yet. She's almost there. She's 26. She probably doesn't want me to rush her. Um, <laughs> but it was shortly after there, after that, the doctor that delivered um, one of our children. Um, that doctor, when he delivered our second child, our son, and then our son passed away. Um, I just remember meeting with that physician. He was a young man, and I'll tell the story quickly, but he was a young man, younger than most doctors would be, probably in his mid-30s, kind man, but we never had a conversation really about God. Um, I was a preacher, relatively new in ministry, but I was a preacher, and we would have just fleeting moments where something came up about God, whatever it might be. But when our son died, and then I met with him, my wife and I had to go through a process with him, and when we did, um, God was the center of our conversations. Even though everything he said was medically inclined, the only thing my wife and I knew to lean on was godly inclined, was spiritual. And and then we went through that and we were done. And I was preaching a meeting in some other state up north, and I was preaching a re what we used to call back then a revival meeting, and, and my wife and I were there, and I got a phone call, and it was the wife of this doctor. And again, to make this very quick, the wife simply said, she said, Steve, she said, um, um, you don't know me, my name is whatever her name was. And she said, but my husband is doctor, and she told me his name. And she said, that's my husband. He was killed riding his bike today, or this yesterday. It was the day before. He was killed yesterday. She said, we don't go to church. We don't even believe in God. But um, she said, I can tell you that every time he met with you and your wife, he would come home. He said, if I were ever going to serve God, it would be Steve Parker's God. And um, she said, so I don't know who to ask, but I'm asking you, would you be willing to do the funeral for my husband? At that point, I had never done a funeral in my life. I didn't know how to do it. And the easy answer would have been say, to say, I'm actually in the state of Michigan. This is Florida, where he was. And I'm in the state of Michigan doing a meeting, so I'm not going to be able to do that. I did. I agreed to do it. We flew home and went to do this funeral, and he was a well-known doctor. We did not realize how well-known until the funeral day. But we get in there, and when we get there to the funeral home, they're standing room only. They're literally, every news station is there, Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, it's televised live. Every news station, it is packed to the hilt. There are people standing outside. I go into immediate internal panic. <laughs> and um, because one, I've never done a funeral. Two, I don't really know this guy. And then all I could think about in my mind was, at some point, I'm going to have to say something where these people understand where I believe this man's soul is. At some point... I'm going to have to make a statement that talks about whether he did or did not have relationship with God. And that was going on in my mind. And because I, I, am, I am naturally prone to telling the truth, painful or not, that's my natural inclination is to just be honest. 
Um, so I go in and I'm getting ready and I'm going through it with his family and his family's telling me everything. And he, let me wrap this up. Bottom line is, I stand in front of the people and at the end of the message that I had shared, I said to them, I said, today I commit Dr. Blank, I commit his spirit to the place that God has prepared for him. So that summed it up. Either God prepared hell for him or God prepared heaven for him. It wasn't up to me. I said, today I release the spirit of this man to the place that God has prepared for him. And I walked out of there feeling so incredibly relieved and moved and then the comments and everything that came afterwards. But this is my point. Um, I know that funerals are an interesting time because whenever you're asked, and since then, I don't know how many I've done a lot, but I've never done one that I've not been asked to share specific stories about the person that I'm doing the funeral for. Yeah. So, and always, those stories are blissful. Always those stories are grand. Always those stories are how incredible this person was. They could have been a drunk, an adulterer, a murderer, but the specific point in time that they're referring to was that one moment where they got up and said or did something good. And those are the moments that they ask us to refer to. Rather, because for them... Funerals often represent, a, for all of us, funerals, those moments, represent a single point in time, not a span of life. Right. So what they're doing is they're finding at that last moment, how can I honor this man or this woman? How can I honor this one? I need to find a point to honor. I can tell you in response to what your answer was a moment ago, how do we honor those that might not even be deserving? In every person's life, there is a single point in time. Maybe only one. I don't know. But there, is, there has never been a man or a woman, never been one born. Hear me. There has never been one born that has not done something worthy of honor. The nature of man is that nature of the first Adam that dwells in all of us in whatever measure He may dwell. The nature of man is that we tend to focus on all of those things that are not deserving of honor. The Father is always looking for the thing that is deserving of honor. The Father, even in man's rebellion, was looking for a way to honor man with redeeming power. He was always looking for a way that you and I could be honored. Even in the middle of that nature of man to rebel and to be selfish and to be stubborn and to be argumentative and competitive and Sorry about spitting on you. All of those things that we are, there's in the middle of all of that, the Father is looking for a way to honor us. Yes. So today, 
when we talk about honoring because we love God, yes, your honor for the love of God. I will honor for the love of God. I'm going to honor. Whether I have to search low or high, wide or deep, for the love of God, I will honor. I encourage you today, for the love of God, honor. Because I can tell you honor is important to the Father. And if I go all the way back, and I'm going to read it again, if I go back to 1 Samuel chapter 2, he says, I promised that your house and the house of your father would go in and or should go in and out before me forever. But because of your dishonor, even in this, this is interesting, he says, I'm not going to do that because you dishonored me. For those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me will be lightly esteemed, but not lost. Notice the word lightly. It'd be interesting to know what that word is actually in the Hebrew. But he says, those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Not undone. But there's always a doorway. Honor for the love of God. I will honor because I love God. Even if in the beginning, as Tamara addressed earlier, even if honoring Him requires me at first to mentally choose to honor until I don't even have to think about it anymore. But I will honor because I love God. Amen? Amen. So those of you that are watching today, those of you that have tuned in today, I want to encourage you today to listen again to what has been said. Listen to what has been shared. Consider, how do you honor? Consider, has it been important to you? Honor isn't about titles. Honor isn't about uh, how much you read or don't read, even how much you pray or don't pray. Honor is about recognizing where people are at any given point, whether it's a person or if it's the Father. It's recognizing who they are in the contribution that they have made to make a difference. Recognize and honor and be willing uh, to not withhold that. See, selfishness, causes us to fear if I honor that one, I'm, I'm growing them and I'm supplanting self. I can tell you when we release honor to people, we love the Father enough to say, if you honor them, if it was important enough for you, yes, it's good. important to me too. That's right. And I'm going to do it. It might be easier for you than it is for me, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to press in and I'm going to pray as we read earlier. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask, pray for me yeah. that I can continually honor those yes. who are around me. Help me to do it when I want to and even when I don't. Because for the love of God, at the end of the day, I want the Father to say about me, and I think you want the Father to say about you, you are a son or you are a daughter in whom I am well pleased. I bless you today, and I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for being a part. I hope that you've commented on the chat section of the screen beside you or under you, depending on which platform you're watching on. Um, so this is the panel today. You did amazing. You are awesome. You are do you guys have any last thoughts or comments that you want to make? Uh, I just want to say hi to my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> His mom and dad are watching from Illinois, correct? Right. right. <laughs> His dad is actually a, um, he is um, 
fluent in Hebrew, so he's probably, as soon as I said that statement, I would, be, I would like to know what lightly means in Hebrew. Already he probably said, oh, dude, this is it. He, he might even have put it on the chat. But uh, if he did, tell me what it is. But uh, it's good to have uh, you and everyone that is watching today. Anyone else? No? Well, again, it was so good to have you. Thank you for being here. All of you that are present in this building right now, I want you to know uh, how blessed I am. And I'm going to pray in just a moment. But before I do, I want to remind everyone, uh, we will be returning to the building next Sunday. Uh, not the first Sunday in June. We'll be coming back next Sunday. We're going to have another panel uh, next Sunday. There'll be two of us, at least right now. Uh, that's the way it is planned. And um, it's going to be the cost, and you don't want to miss it. I promise you it is going to be... Uh, when we get into the discussion of what the cost is, I'm going to reflect on something that was said a couple of years ago, bring it into the now. It's going to be incredible. So I believe this. I believe that the gospel is preached not by a preacher who stands behind a pulpit. The gospel is preached by the preachers who have within them the love of God. Amen. And, uh, and that is you and me. So Amen. you are a preacher. Wherever you find yourself, you are taking the gospel. Take it wherever you take it well. Be faithful over it and honor. Father, I lift my voice over those who are watching, those who are present in this room today. I lift my voice. I'm looking into that camera at those who are uh, observing today, who are those who are apart. And I pray that you will change all of our hearts. May none of us ever find reason to look for a way to dishonor rather than look for a way to honor. Help us in every way to reflect who you are, the nature of God, the nature of Jesus Christ, uh, that willingness to be obedient no matter what the cost is. Help us today, Father, in every way to trust Holy Spirit, to be a voice in us, to rearrange our thoughts, to renew our mind, and to cause us to come to a place where your name is made great in every place on the planet, where you are the one that is highly exalted, and then you'll take care of everything else. Help us today. I bless those who are watching, who are on the other side of that lens and those who are on this side of the lens. I bless the people who are apart and pray that each of us will be changed by the message delivered today so that, again, all glory goes back to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.